Welcome back to another episode live from the dojo. We've got a special guest on today for you guys. We're going to talk PLL. We're going to talk everything that happened on Monday. We're filming on Tuesday. Um, but how are we doing, Trent? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Tuesday, you know, we got a nice break from NHL finals and NBA finals. Nice day of baseball. Nice day to catch up on some news and sports. You know, live golf, just announced a merger, which is absurd. Uh, but yeah, no, nice day to just kind of catch up on what's going on in sports. A nice day of baseball is yeah. just a vile thing to say. <laughs> I love me some I mean, day that of baseball. That is just dude. so gross. Um, well, let's get right to it. I mean, we have our guests on today's show. We got Sir Newbie. How are we doing, man? Boys, what what a treat. I mean, I mean, I get to get out of bed over here on the East Coast and hop on with two of my favorite guys in the sports betting industry. So, you know, I'm feeling good, boys. I'm feeling I'm feeling terrific. I love it. Um, so we wanted to bring you on today because obviously the first weekend of, of PLL is over. You're our PLL guy. You live, breathe, and uh, basically I would say sweat the sport of lacrosse now at this point. Um, but give me your first reactions from week one, man. I mean, first reactions, I mean, you know this, Mikey. Like, dude, this is this is the best brand of lacrosse that has ever been played. Like, like the 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 insane speed that these teams play with, you know, the the skill that they play with, and just really the parody. I mean, one of my favorite things about the PLL is the fact that we just basically get to say, give me all the underdogs and uh, and we cash it like an insane rate. Now now they're 61 and 31 against the spread since since you were able to bet on the PLL. So uh, you, you sign anybody up for a 66% trend, uh, I, I think I think we'll all ride that. So I, I just love the the money making ability, but also as a lacrosse fan, a guy who played the sport, a guy who coaches the sport, uh, the fact that it is the best brand of lacrosse that's ever been played, not too bad. I mean, out of that sixty six wins, I think I've maybe been on five of those <laughs> covered. I mean, I'm just such a sucker for like the Atlas minus one and a half. I mean, the Archers minus two and a half was a legacy cover, but they probably shouldn't have covered. But why do you think the underdogs are covering so much? Because I feel like when I look at these spreads and the game of lacrosse, especially after watching you know, the Notre Dame game against Duke, it feels like blowouts can happen in an instant, but it doesn't feel like that happens in the PLL. Obviously, you know, the skill level is higher, but I mean, to be hitting at a 66% clip, that's crazy. That's insane. It's, st- it's stupid. Like it's it's truly stupid that you're able to hit like that, but I think I think you're spot on. Like when you look at the college game and you look at the spreads in the college game, you have times when teams are twelve and a half point favorites and they cover it going away. The difference is in the PLL, like this is the best of the best. So you have um, guys who their their legit job is to make sure that they come out, and that's something that the PLL did well is that they're not. Uh, you know, have a they're, they're not in medical sales and then playing games on Sunday and having to buy their own bags of ice anymore. Like they, these are truly lacrosse players who, uh, well, you know, they, they, they want to get this done. You know, they want to get dubs. They don't want to get blown out. They don't want to look like absolute clowns on and then get, you know, clowned on social media because more people are watching than ever since it's on ABC, since it's on ESPN plus. So I think you're seeing a difference between a professional game and uh, and Bellarmine just getting steamrolled by Duke. It's it's a little bit different, you know. Mm-hmm. I would love to know. So I used to work for the uh, Dallas Rattlers, which was a uh. Uh, MLL team, right? So pretty familiar with lacrosse. And now, of course, as we're getting into, uh, you know, Mikey and I's involvement with the PLL, super excited about it. But what stands out to you about the growth of this sport that you've seen over the past couple of years since it's began? I just, I think it's more the visibility than anything. Like like even just think about five years ago, we wouldn't be on a podcast talking about professional lacrosse yeah. unless it was like tongue in cheek. You know what I mean? Like it would yeah. be like it would have been like how, how about <laughs> like what are we gonna do? Bet on fucking lacrosse, and everyone would yeah. have like a good giggle. Yeah, exactly. Like you would have been like, where do you even get get lines on lacrosse? Like 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 Barry at the bar won't even allow me to get down on the Rattlers versus the Outlaws. And now <laughs> we're we're talking about dude, the drafts being held on ESPN. The thing that made the difference was when the Rables stepped in and they were just like, dude, we're not having this this fucking dog and pony show anymore that is professional lacrosse because it yeah. was a, a bit of a joke before they stepped in and they said we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it different. 
and they've turned it into a business. You know what I mean? It's it's not uh, it's not just second rate. It's not being held at high school stadiums yeah. anymore. Their regularity selling it out. So I think they've increased the visibility. They've increased the viability of it. And a lot of people didn't think they were going to make it to year five. So the fact that they're in year five and I'm here with the boys – We'll, we'll be seeing you. We'll be seeing you betting on lacrosse soon. So, uh, so I, I just I just love it uh, growing the sport, and uh, and I think they've just they've made it a viable product. And before it was just kind of like the butt of a lot of jokes, to be honest with exactly you. Exactly right. And even with that visibility too, you know, I got I had an opportunity to be able to attend some games last year. Trent's gonna be able to go to some this year. Even the in person experience, I feel like as well, they've done a really great job of catering and you know making it enjoyable for a fan base that. You know, maybe has never even watched a lacrosse game before, but now there's a professional lacrosse tournament happening in their city. And, you know, we'll pull up for one or two games on the weekend and you leave going, that was actually way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Well, and because of the way that they have it set up where, you know, it's this traveling model. And I know next year it's going to change a little bit having teams in home cities, but really the home city thing, um, it's going to be two games for a, a team in one location. So it's not really like this travel model is going to go away and it makes it a little bit more accessible. It makes it a little bit more affordable um, because you're not having to buy in and say, all right, I got to get season tickets and I got to pay X amount of money. It becomes an event because it's in your town. You know what I mean? Oh my God, they're going to be at Homewood Field this weekend. We got nothing going on. Let's go down there. Let's mm -hmm. get some tickets for an affordable rate and get out there. And as as you said, the in-game experience is great unless you're on the side that's losing and that fucking goal horn goes off and that yeah, guy's like, goal archers. And you're just like, dude, fuck, I sold my <laughs> entire bag. And, 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 you got and now the this guy's just screaming there? in my ear. Yeah. <laughs> or you've got the over and you're sitting there and it's been four minutes since there's a goal happening and then the horn goes off and the last thing you want to hear is that. <laughs> dude, well, like well Mike, worst, for what is worth, man, overs, overs in the opening week, three and one. We're off to a good start. This could be an over year in the PLL. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping for it. Um, I, I really like uh, how the league is going about introducing the sport to to those who aren't familiar with it by getting influencers like us to interact, engage, and obviously socialize with with the sport, with the games that are being played. Because, I mean, just this past weekend, I was in Vegas for uh, the Stanley Cup final, right? And going on Twitter and seeing Mikey react to a ridiculous goal you know, I, I was like, wow, that goal is insane. Like, I'm excited to watch more of these throughout the season. And I would never have saw that because I'm not following lacrosse creators. And I would just would have never seen that type of content. So I think it's really smart to get influencers like ourselves tapped into the sport, introduce it to our following, kind of open the floodgates. No, and that was an expert job by you complimenting yourself while complimenting the league. That was, yeah, that was wow. expertly done. The only only Trent can do it like that. But no, I, I completely agree, my guy. Like, like truly, you're getting it in timelines that it wouldn't be otherwise. Yeah. And also, it's tapping in with a core belief of the PLL that this sport should really be personality driven. You know, think about with the NBA. Like, it's it's the the male soap opera because we care about the personalities mm -hmm. in the sport. Same thing with the NFL. The biggest personalities are guys like OBJ that people either hate or love to hate. So, um, you know, I, I think that they're really tapping in not only from the back end side of things on having things be personality driven. Cause I, I couldn't agree more when RJ and I were talking about getting the season going. Um, and we were like, yo, let's, let's, let's reach out to the book it guys. Let's see if they would be interested in doing anything with us. Um, that was by far the most exciting partnership because we've talked about this on different podcasts. Trent is, is you have been able to tap into how important it is to have a personality and be transparent and be honest in the gambling space instead of just being a, a robot saying beep boop up i win every single game here's a stat that i'm going to throw at you and having no personality behind it so exactly. that's something that that i think just works perfectly in hybrid with what the pll aims to do and and what influences influencers like yourselves um, are, are able to do in this gambling space. And I, I think it's way better than the, the fucking know-it-alls who, um, you know, they've never lost a bet in their life. They know everything and, you know, they'll, they'll block you the second that you start chirping at them or whatever. No, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be accessible. And that's what gambling is. And I think that's the future of, um, of, of gambling in the, in the, in the, in the space, to be honest with you. Absolutely. 
And before we get into the the nitty gritty, because I'm I'm ready to talk some lacrosse. I watched a bunch of the games this weekend. I want I want some of your hot takes and whatever it is. What what the hell is going on with my Atlas? I watched the full game, and I can't tell if one the Redwoods are really going to be this for real this year. I can't say I was overly impressed with them. I'm going to say I was pleasantly shocked by them. But again, it feels like last year where you know I was riding with the Archers a little bit, really. Not fell in love with, but fell in love with the game of Jeff Teat. And now, like, he's the guy that I really want to ride for. I mean, his game is incredible. You think he's almost non-existent last game, and then you check the scoreboard. He's got four assists and a goal. I mean, that's five points. That's absurd. Um, but again, it just feels like the Atlas don't seem to put together 100% performances. There's flashes well, I- of greatness like you saw last year. I mean, coming into this year being almost a runaway favorite to win it all, having, I think, the highest win total on the books. I was more than disappointed with their performance in, in the first game. And obviously, it's the first game. You don't want to blow everything up. You don't want to be like, oh, my God, season's over. But What was the score? I was more than disappointed. Well, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites, and they lost by one to the Redwoods, who are not supposed to be that good this year. I, I think, dude, I'm a huge, whether it's NBA, whether it's NFL, like I try and use my handicapping style and the way that I think about games across all sports, and I'm a big-time spot better. And this screamed a Redwood spot, especially at two and a half. And I know it's opening week, so you say, how can you have a letdown spot? Potentially, Atlas played in that championship series, and everyone had just been slurping them since then because they were Mm. dropping insane goals. They were putting up 30 goals a game. It's a completely different game than sixes. So I was kind of surprised to see the Atlas coming into the year as prohibitive favorites because of what we know about the Atlas so all summer long, all off-season long, I guess would be the better way to say it, um, everyone was talking about the Atlas. This is going to be their year. While everyone was talking about the Redwoods in the same breath as like being utter dog shit. Whereas with what happened with the Redwoods last season was their goaltenders were just selling every single game. So yeah. I feel like goaltending is a real thing that's pretty easy to shore up because a lot of it is mental. So when you have a whole entire offseason, you're able to recenter your chi or whatever it is these goalies have to do. Um, I, I came into the year pretty bullish on the Redwoods. The fact that they were lined at a four and a half season win total, I slammed that at plus money. I didn't think they would win outright against the Atlas, but I think it was a, hey, Redwoods could really, sub, you know, supplant of what a lot of people are thinking about them coming into the year by having a good performance out of the gate against Atlas. And, um, you know, they did that. I, I like I said, I didn't think they were going to win outright. I took the points and, and was sitting, you know, pretty, but, um, I would, I would agree. It's a little bit concerning seeing the fact that the Atlas wasn't able to put it all together, but I don't think, uh, especially in a format where seven out of the eight teams are going to make the playoffs. I don't think you have to sound the alarm just yet. Yeah, and I'm not not necessarily worried about not making the playoffs, obviously, but it just kind of felt like, you know, reading everything that I read, watching some of the stuff from the championship series, it was going to be the year where I was like, oh, this is this is the one. And to kind of come out and have that game, I was a little bit disappointed, I'll say it, I mean, because how, how, this is the year I'm riding with the Atlas. How important is, like, every game? Like, how many games are in a season? Nope. Ten games. Ten, Ten games, games in the oh, season. But, the game. That's big. And I took their over six and a half, so they can only lose. That's that's the worst part for you. Like, like that's the worst part that you slammed the over six and a half. Because honestly, this has been a little bit of a, a knock on the PLL um, is the fact that, you know, seven out of the eight teams are going to make it. So only one team is going to miss the playoffs. So I guess as far as you look at it that way, it's not as huge if you're dropping a game. But now that we have season win totals, every game does matter for betters. Like, what do we care about the playoffs? That's that's years down. We care about cashing our tickets here and now. Uh, because if you look at a team like the Chaos, they're kind of known as the sandbaggers. Uh, same thing with the Whip Snakes. Like, they'll get three, four wins, um, and then they just come on championship weekend. Then they somehow end up in the uh, in the championship game once the playoffs start off. So um, I think it's bigger now because we have week-by-week week action on everything. But as far as, you know, the end of the season, the Atlas will figure it out. They'll, they'll still be around in that uh, in that final four, I think. But, uh, yeah, that six-and-a-half just got a lot sweatier. But my four-and-a-half <laughs> with so the Redwoods, I'm feeling pretty damn good right now. Yeah, that's a great bet. I think they're probably going to cover that with ease. They looked phenomenal against yeah. the Atlas. Like, I, I, like, honestly, I was watching the game. You know, Krabs, our guy Krabs is, is a Redwoods guy. Everyone in the everyone on the team has kind of uh, has tried to pick their team and try to ride for them for the season. 
and I happen to be Atlas. And of course I get matched up with crabs week one and I got a two and a half point spread and I lose outright. But I mean, the Redwoods did look phenomenal. Well, no. And, and the thing is for me with the Redwoods, they are kind of similar to the Atlas in, uh, you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride, right? Like they were in the first championship game. They've mm-hmm. had the same head coach the entire time in Nat St. Laurent. And I thought the seat was a little bit hot for him last year. So I really think this is a show me year for the Redwoods. So them coming out, not only covering, um, you know, but, but winning the game outright, that's huge for them to start the year. Now we'll see, you know, now they're going to be playing the water dogs this week, water dogs. They got a game that they won in overtime. That game going to be at eight 30 this Friday on ESPN plus. Um, do we see the Redwoods now uh, after they, you know, shot their load against Atlas? Do we have a letdown spot for them? Potentially that's something that I'll probably be looking at in this water dogs game because um, you know, th- this spot doesn't set up nicely for the Redwoods in week one. No one was talking about them. Now they beat Atlas outright. Um, you know, can, can they can they replicate that performance two weeks in a row? That'll tell me yeah. a lot about that team moving forward, I think. And I think we kind of have a fun opportunity here because Trent really hasn't been able to consume a lot of the games. He probably doesn't know a lot of the teams, not a lot of the players. So I think we kind of have a unique opportunity here, Newbie. I want you to just maybe not not quickly, but very like summarizing way why the PLL is something that you should bet on and the things you want to look out for if you're just getting into betting on it. I think for me, when I say is definitely watch a game, understand kind of the rules and the flow of the game, understand the nuances of it as well, that there is a shot clock, there's a two-point goal line, um, but also knowing the impact of a singular player, right? I think mm-hmm. the the one thing that the PLL and, and lacrosse is different is that, I mean, you saw it on in the Notre Dame game with guys like Pat Cavanaugh. You see with guys like Jeff T when they're on. You saw with Lyle Thompson every year he's played. Unfortunately, he took a year off this year. Um but the impact of a singular player is almost, I would equate it to the NBA, where you can really have one guy do everything for you. I mean, you saw it in the Redwood game with uh, his name has escaped me on the Redwoods, but he had fucking, I think, almost five goals. Ryder Garnsey. Jesus yeah, Christ. like a McDavid of PLL. His name is Jeff T. That's him. That's the guy you keep talking about. <laughs> yeah, his name is Jeff T. Well, it was he suckles the teat of Jeff T, as you well know. It's is 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 uh, it, it works out very nicely. Apropos, no, he right there. he's just he's just one of these guys who's drafted first overall in both the PLL and the NLL. And he's, he's like the first guy to ever do that. I think uh, he's just yeah. like he's he's incredible. I mean, he he does it all. He's an attackman, but. I think that's how I would that's how I would kind of break it down is understanding the impact that one player can have. You can really hang your hat on one guy, especially on the offensive side. And then I think kind of understanding the nuances. But if you're talking to someone that's just getting in the betting of PLL like Trent, how would you kind of, you know, give them that intro and like the things that you would look out for as someone that, you know, coaches lacrosse, played lacrosse, has been involved with the PLL since the beginning? How would you kind of break that down? Dude, I think I think you nailed it as far as, you know, the 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 singular player being able to have a huge impact. Now that can be negated when you have an insanely good defensive player. But for me, the way that I've always looked at it, especially now in the betting space, is much like the NBA, every team's always gonna go on their run. Um, I think you saw that even this past weekend. A team like the Cannons, who's projected to win less than three games or three games this year, um, you know, they hit a two bomb and then they go on a little bit of a run and nearly cover two and a half against a Archers team that is worlds better than them on paper. So, um, especially when you're live betting these games, getting an underdog at you know something that's more inflated than what the closing line was. Like for instance, uh, the, the Chaos game this last weekend. They started as two and a half point underdogs in game. They were up to four and a half point underdogs. It ended up being a one goal game. So everybody is going to go on their run in lacrosse, whether it peters out and they still end up getting dogged. That may happen, but just the nature of it, you know, with the face off being after every single play, um, every single goal, rather, you're going to have a chance to get back into a game, even if you're down five goals, even if you're down seven goals, especially in the PLL with the two point arc, you're going to be able to make and chip away at that lead. So everybody's going to go on their run. Um, and the other thing is, too, is is it's it's just kind of hockey meets grass. The, the offensive setups and how you play defense is very similar to what you're going to see in basketball. You're going to see a lot of pick, a lot of roll, um, you know, a lot of two man game, especially when you have a player like a Jeff T who's able to just make things happen. It does it um, all. And, 
Yeah, and then and then you see the physicality of football. So it's really an amalgamation of many different sports, uh, and and I think that's what makes it so exciting. But as far as from the betting perspective, um, I, I I always try and make a case for the underdog because of the fact that, like we said at the top, sixty one and thirty one against the spread are underdogs, and whenever you see that two and a half plus two and a half. It's like an autoplay for me. We've only seen it 17 times in the PLL since 2021. The underdogs in those games against the spread are 12 and 5. Like it's an autoplay for me. I see a two and a half. My, my eyes go off and I say, give me that two and a half all day long. So is it like baseball in the sense of like it's always a run line, like minus one and a half, and then occasionally you'll get, you know, a minus two and a half if you're playing Oakland A's or something? <laughs> I think you you nailed it right there. Very similar okay. to like a run line, very similar to a puck line, yeah. which is really only in the PLL that we see these type of lines. Because when you're talking about NCAA lacrosse, um, like I said earlier, you can see plus four and a half up to plus 13 and a half with regularity. You would yeah. never see that kind of number in the PLL. Interesting. <laughs> and so are money lines usually around what? Uh, like if it's minus one and a half, it would be what? Like It'll minus- be like hockey where you can get uh, yeah picking out some minus one and a half, and the money lines will be close to even. Got it. Yeah, and and that's that's the crazy thing. I'm glad you bring up money lines because you know I'm I'm talking about how amazing it is to play underdogs against the spread. Playing them on the money line hasn't been that great. Now it's evened out a little bit, but still money line favorites, despite those insane ATS numbers I gave you for underdogs. Moneyline favorites still cover at a 57% rate. So the the favorite wins the game. It just ends up being a one goal game, you know, 57% of the time in the, in the PLL. And now that we're, we're a week down, you've had some time to consume some games. You've had some time to watch some guys play. Who do you think is going to win it all? You've had oh, one week, shit. but who do you think is going to win it all? Damn. And, I, I mean, top, and who is your top performer? I think when the rook, I think out of the rookies, I think Dickinson on or Dixon on um, on the Atlas had an incredible Atlas. weekend. But like, who would be your top performer? Insane in goal. Well, you you, know. you love Dixon so much because he cashed that over for you while he was falling down to the ground. That's that's why you you yeah, that was Dixon in there because that insane goal cashed. <laughs> that was that was unreal, unparalleled sweat right there. Um, for me, I mean. Top performer has to be Ryder Garnsey out of the gate. The dude scored six goals uh, against the Atlas. Um, that that was just unreal. Do I think that's going to happen every week? No, but that guy does score the dirtiest goals that you'll ever see. It's always just dirt ball status out of him. Um, and then you see him interviewed uh, after the games, and you're like, how did this guy just fucking destroy my team? So so Garnsey for me, top performer. I also love seeing Chase Ferreira, a D3 phenom, getting the game winner in the Chrome game. Um, but as far as who I think is going to win it all, um, I think the guarantee is we're going to have a new champion. So I don't think it's going to be the chaos. I don't think it's going to be the whip snakes. I don't think the water dogs are going to re- repeat. So that takes three out of the equation for me. Um, it could be the Redwoods year. I know man. you want to say it. Just say it. It, it could be the Redwoods year, but nah, for don't, me, don't, don't do that. Give me the Chrome. I love the Chrome. I love the Miami Vice jerseys. I love like the swagger that they play with. I love their their hefty lefty goalie in Sean Scannoni. I think they're going to carry over a lot of that momentum that they had in the championship series. Um, so for me, I think it's the Chrome's year, and you can get them at a pretty nice price right now. So, uh, so that's going to be who I'm going with. And I'm sorry I didn't mention the Atlas. They they just got to show me because I'm I'm sick of hearing everybody talk about how sick they are, and then they lose week one outright. So I'm not throwing any shots at, them, but I got to be shown from the Atlas first. When but Jeff T comes out next week with a six goal performance and a couple yeah. assists to show you, I mean, I better you can have then you can have me back on and and have everyone in the chat clown me. That, that'll that'll work out nicely. That's awesome. Um, so I was thinking about this when I was watching the watching the games last week, and I I kind of wanted your take because I we did it we did a couple episodes last year um, on on your old show where we we talked to the games beforehand and and all that's and all that stuff. And I was watching the Atlas game specifically. You know, it was on ABC. It was a, like crazy experience to have like, going to a bar and saying, "Can you put on ABC for me? There's a lacrosse game on that I want to watch." Um, so that was insane, but. Does it not feel like there's a totally different kind of energy coming this year than compared to last year? Like even with the kickoff obviously being on ABC, but 
even with, you know, the way the socials are getting attacked, we're starting to get, you know, walking outfits, which by the way, we got to figure out who's dressing these lacrosse kids because they're not showing up for finance internships <laughs> anymore. Yeah, like, Let's throw some colors on there. The well, fucking, the slacks and the polos with the white t-shirts got to go. Not great. It looks, yeah, it looks like they're they're going to uh, like it's like a Vineyard Vines commercial every single time. Like, <laughs> like when we're when we're trying to take away that like it's a, it's a preppy like douche sport. Um, the walk-in outfits have to change. I'm with you, man. Like, like let's get one of those little. insane yeah, like dude, tattered. It's a 2023 Morgan Stanley internship walk-in right now. <laughs> <laughs> we need more James Harden like outfits walking in where you're like, what the hell is this dude wearing? That's we're what we throw like I'm a button you. down occasionally. You know, like yeah, yeah, just just, just sprinkle it in. Yeah, it's like you just got off. You just you just ripped nine holes, and now you're like, oh shit, I have a lacrosse game. I gotta go. And, and they're, they're just like showing up, like wiping off the hot dog mustard, like like as they're like, I, I just I just banged out a hot dog on turn nine. I gotta get going, guys. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Need to clean that up. But but dude, the, the momentum definitely has like like the whole entire time that the PLL with the Rables has been like the, their emoji has been the rocket ship. And I think that this this is truer than ever. Like this feels like a sport that is on the precipice of pushing themselves to the next level. And I think getting that ABC exposure, getting the fact that they'll have a linear television game, be it on ESPN two, ESPN, um, ABC these first two weeks, um, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. So I'm with you. This year feels more epic than any. So I think uh, you, your team, um, all the influences that we have that are that are really paying a little bit more attention, um, you're getting in at the perfect time. Because number one, there's still money to be made before the odds makers are like, dude, we're getting killed on PLL. We, we need to actually not have an intern making the lines anymore. So the lines are still a little bit soft. So you guys are getting <laughs> in at the right time that we can uh, we can still make some cash before they take, uh, take the interns off the line making. <laughs> It's important. It's yeah, important. They got the interns of the PLL line. <laughs> Dude, actually, a- anecdote here. Uh, I had a buddy who worked uh, for for Camby, and they were like the line maker um, for for DraftKings before DraftKings switched it. So he literally was in a cubicle over from the guy who was making the lacrosse lines back in 2021. And he texted me, and he was like, "Dude, user four four seven four. This guy is just bitching about him getting killed on these lacrosse lines by by uh, user whatever number." And he was like, "I'm pretty sure." It's fucking you, because I would tell my buddy what my picture, he go. You, he goes, I'm in the cubicle. This guy's about to lose his job. You know more than the guy who's sitting next to me making these lines right now. So, uh, so, 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 quite literally, um, I, I unfortunately made a man uh, lose his job. I, I may have actually switched them completely off of candy. They were like, "Dear God, if we're getting You're killed just this eating on an intern." <laughs> to yeah, that I was just, I was just like, "Hey, man." I hope I hope you're twelve dollars an hour. I'm sorry, bro. I I know that I'm destroying you right now. I'm I'm, I'm I I feel for you. I feel for you. But uh, you know, man, you know how we do it. You got you gotta you gotta fire when you got an edge for sure. No, absolutely. Um, so I think just like a couple more. Uh, give me your team to watch. So a team that you know is probably going to be plus chicken a lot going into these next couple weeks. We're going to talk about next week's games a little bit. I, I want a newbie nuke out of you. So, you know, start prepping for that one. Um, but give me like a team to watch and a team that you think is going to be a little upsetting. I think a team that's going to be a little upsetting might be the Water Dogs for me. I'll be honest. I feel like coming off the chip last year, I don't know. Just something about it feels like they're not going to live up to what happened last year. Because last year felt like a little bit of a fluke, if I remember correctly, Great. the narratives and then making it all the way to the finals. Um, I mean, obviously, Michael Sowers, kid's a fucking... G, but I don't know. It feels like that might be the team that kind of underperforms a little bit if it's not the Atlas, to be honest with you. Um, but a team that I'm going to look out for is uh, it's going to be the Redwoods. I already have it on my list. If they're plus chicken a lot, I'm probably going to take them just because they did look phenomenal against the Atlas. But give me like your team to look out for, a team you think that's going to underperform, and then we'll talk about next week's games a little bit because I, I need a newbie nuke out of you, and then, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap. Trent, you know, you notice what he did there. He's like hyping up the Atlas at the beginning of the episode. Now he's like, the Atlas might actually underperform. So now, now, now he's, he's he's played both sides. So he always comes out on top. That's genius yeah. stuff out of you, Mike. That's classic. Yeah, it's, it's clip worthy. You know, I'm just I'm building clips. It's <laughs> genius. Yeah, that's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's all. I need a newbie all, nuke. <laughs> yeah, dude, I need a newbie <laughs> nuke. It's it's all about the uh, the 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 content for sure. But no, I, I'm kind of with you, man. And and that was a huge reason why. I loved chaos in week one. It's because I think there is going to be a little bit of the letdown for the water dogs. I think there, there was a little bit of, 
oh my God, it was just kind of a team of destiny style thing last year. And now on the back of their jersey, they're the one team that has like a championship trophy. So quite literally, they have a target on their back this entire year. Everybody's going to be trying to give the Water Dogs their best game. So I'm with you. That's probably my team to underachieve. I already shared with you, I love the Chrome coming into this year. Um, but I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I think Redwoods are my team that if, if they're able to put these first three weeks together and they look as good as they looked in week one, because it's going to go Albany last weekend, Charlotte this weekend, next weekend they're in Columbus, and then they're off for two weeks. So I really want to see, can the Redwoods keep this momentum going until this little two week layoff? If they can, um, they're, they're, they're definitely going to be a scary team because all they needed to do was shore up their net minding. I think they did that a little bit, despite the fact that they allowed 12 goals against Atlas. Spoiler alert, most teams are going to allow 12 goals against Atlas. So, um, yeah, Redwoods, I'm right there with you. Water Dogs, underachievers. Redwoods, the potential overachievers. And then I also want to see what happens with the Whip Snakes. They're a sandbagging team. Um, I, I personally, they, that's like the one team that I, I – always try and find a way to bet against them. Like I try and bet with my head, not my heart. It's just something about them. It's like the T like it's it looks like they're wearing bowling shirts out there. I don't like the unis. I don't like the vibe around them. Their head coach kind of reminds me of Skeletor. So, uh, so like the whip snakes is usually like my, uh, my, my fade team. So I would like them to underperform Classic. though. I always look like a dickhead every time I bet against them. Just so happens to be the team that I have embraced, uh, for the year. Uh, so crazy how that works out. I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the mentions are wide open for every time I look like over here. <laughs> That's uh, nuts. Christ. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Trent. <laughs> Nothing personal. You know I love you, brother. Oh man. Um. So I just had like a a fun question too before we get a newbie nuke out of you. Because I had I a look like three guys. Good, by the way. Um, hopefully, I get to do it over All Star Weekend or or maybe at some point because this league is the best league. Give me like three guys you want to get a beer with in the PLL. I got mine. I mean, one is Matt Rambo. I feel like he just would put him away. Locked. I don't know why. I just feel like he's one of these guys that, you know, you break out of 30 and he's like, oh, we're going 15 for 15. That's like, I don't know about that, Matt. Um, Jeff, even though he seems like he'd be kind of a quiet guy, you know, he's my he'd favorite player. But I yeah. feel like I'd love to just maybe we crack a, what's a Canadian beer? A Labatt Blue? Yeah. Yeah. A little Molson. Yeah, a little Molson with Jeff. Moosehead Lager. Very cool. Um, and then my third, you know, I had it up for like a couple guys because I was thinking about, you know, what would the vibe be like? But I feel like Sowers would be a cool guy to get a beer with just because, you know, he went to Princeton. We got the New Jersey thing. We might be able to fuck around. He, but he seems like he'd be like, I don't know. He might be a weird drunk. I'll be honest. I think he might be right. I think he might be like, I feel like he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, he, he, he downs a couple and then it's just like, he goes to talk to every single girl in the bar. I was, about just, this just, I was literally about to say, he'd be like, where the hell is that? That's he's just putting up shots. You know what I mean? Like he's a short king where he's just putting yeah, up dude. shots. He knows that it has to be volume plays for him. Um, yeah, so, uh, so, so no, I think that that's a strong three out of the gate. See me, I, I have to add in Mac O'Keefe, Penn State guy, um, okay. simply because the name Mac O'Keefe, like you, you know that he's like, dude, you guys want to smoke weed in the parking lot? Like you just, you just yeah. know having the last name of Keefe, like he's like, dude, my grinder, stick <laughs> keeping. I look at these trikey combs. Um, so, 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 I, so I feel like uh, I have to throw Mac O'Keefe in there. Um, you know, I also a lot of the chaos dudes, like these Canadian, just, just like balls to the wall like so so i'll throw in like josh Byrne. i think that uh we've seen him after championship weekend like he's usually the first guy to be like dropping an f-bomb on cam uh that that's the energy that i love coming out of that i think you're spot on with rambo actually have met him a couple times because he played lacrosse with some people who have been around him um your 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 assumption is very apropos the dude can just throw them back absolute <laughs> tank absolute animal and then the last one for me, Sean Scannoni, the hefty lefty. He's the netminder for the Chrome. This is a dude who carries a keg on him. Um, I know you would probably need like 30 dudes to hold him up onto a keg, but he just seems like an absolute party animal um, who, you know, for, for lack of a better term, you just look at Sean Scannoni and you're like, that guy fucks. So uh, so give me give me Scannoni, uh to round out the trio who uh, I'm going to slam is, though, some I feel like with. tenders in lacrosse are fucking psychotic, dude. And, yeah. You got like 104 mile per hour balls coming at you, and the only thing you're wearing is like a chest plate helmet and a cup. 
Like you could yeah, beat that, 104 miles to the shin. Like my only thing would be he might have a couple beers and it's psycho time. <laughs> it could it could be psycho time, but also he just kind of has that like uh, that like big teddy bear kind of vibe about him. You know what I mean? Like you look at him and you're just like, man, this guy is probably um, maybe like a fedora wearer. Tip the hat and give him my lady every now and then. <laughs> um, that's the kind of energy that you need to to round out the crew because he will ultimately make everybody look better when they're uh, when they're trying to put shots up. So I feel like Scannoni, um, he's a guy you have to throw in there. I also feel like he's going to be the guy who's like asking always for the cocktail menu. You know what I mean? Like he's not just going <laughs> to hop in there, order a beer. Like he's going to be like, what do you guys have on special tonight? So, uh, so you know, you, you, you need that kind of energy to round out the crew. You guys got any deals tonight? I'm really looking to get silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like, just walks in. He's he's a big Applebee's guy. You know what I mean? How they have those those one dollar drinks at Applebee's. He goes in there, bangs out a two for twenty five by himself, and is just ripping one dollar swill mai tais. Like that's a well, that's I mean, a beautiful let's, let's guy. Let's not act like everyone in this room isn't an Applebee's guy. A thousand percent. If you don't like to eat, guys. yeah. If you don't like to eat good in the neighborhood, like I don't want to. I I don't fuck with you. Like that's that's guaranteed. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> all right well newbie we're gonna just we're gonna an applebee's out of you. we're gonna need a newbie nuke out of you oh shit um so we're gonna need you to check the slate you already talked about the water dogs game a little bit um you know we, i know you love to cook you've, you've put some of the best food on on my feet i think i've ever Facts. seen on twitter um so i'm gonna need you to chef a little bit here and i'm gonna need a newbie nuke that the entire podcast will be riding so no pressure and if it's an under uh. you're never coming back on the show again so <laughs> Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I think this number is going to be all kinds of sweaty, but I think it's a hell of a number and you can still get it. There's some 24 and a halfs out there. But if I'm here talking about man Mikey over, I have to come with an over that I think is a pretty damn good play. And it's in the Atlas game. No pandering here. It's your two teams, guys. It's Atlas and Whip Snakes. We're riding the over 23 and a half. It's minus 110 it. over at FanDuel. Um this is just like a sheer number play for me. Like both of these teams, they don't want to start 0-2 out of the gate. Um, mm. For what it's worth, Atlas, they've never beat the Whip Snakes. They're 0-3 straight up in this matchup. But the biggest thing for me is this 23 and a half. The over in this matchup, they've played three times. It's only one and two to the over. But the one time it went over, 23 and a half was our total that we saw there. In Atlas games, 23 and a half, they are a perfect Five and O oh to the over when the number is low and the Atlas are on the field. Give me the over. Also, the whips, they're not really known as a two-point shooting team, but it's just under three two-point goals per game that we've seen between these two teams in their matchup. We're riding an over 23 and a half Atlas whip snakes. There's your newbie nuke. And uh, if this loses, um, you'll probably never hear from me again. I'll probably change my name. <laughs> He'll be on I'm an sold. somewhere. That was a yeah. great sell job. No, I'm in. I'm in. The Atlas will There we go, over. boys. I'm going to make a note of it. That's the newbie nuke. I'm tweeting it out on, on this weekend. Um, we'll make a clip of it. So make sure that we get the we get everybody riding that over. Um, but newbie, we really appreciate you coming on, man. We needed a little PLL update. We're definitely going to have you on as the season gets uh, as the season gets going a little bit more here. Uh, once Trent can get some a little bit under his belt. But we wanted to have you on just for all the listeners that maybe miss week one or might not even know what the PLL is still. So we, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Absolutely, man. You need a text away. Love coming on with you guys. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe we'll, we'll get all together and watch a game here, uh, a weekend slate together and uh, get a little live stream as we all sweat it out. We'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to talk specifics because I'm, I'm moving from the East Coast out to the west coast so maybe i'll roll on through texas uh during those travels oh, here we we'll go yeah you gotta that. stop by man yeah. you gotta <laughs> appreciate you guys thanks for having me on. love it thank you thanks, appreciate newbie. you man peace boys what a great guy what a guy maybe is such guy. a goat <laughs> just love that guy dude such so what did guy. you think i mean that's kind of your first I mean, like, dude, real so, experience hearing like pll talk like i'm pissed i don't i can't like tap into the conversation more not knowing like a lot of the players you guys are talking about, but like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It just seems like I like how it's a smaller league. Cause I don't know. I just feel like you can get a better grasp of like players and you know, what bets to take and shit. And it's, I don't know. It's kind of like a, a, a new season of a, of a show, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. It's cool. Like we're doing a little catch up on the week, kind of like NFL, you know, you got weekend games, uh, but I don't know. It's cool. It's fun. And it's been since I was 10 years old, since I've been introduced to a new 
you know, professional sport that I can, that I don't know much about and I have to learn, you know, the rules and the players and who's goaded and, Mm -hmm. you know, which teams are the Oakland A's and whatever, you know? (laughs) Well, so I I was, I was the one that brought the guest on. I knew it was going to be a little bit tough for you. I knew it was going to be a little confusing because you didn't really get to consume the first weekend, but I honestly thought it was just going to be a really cool opportunity to hear it from newbie because he's so knowledgeable about the sport and And I feel like it's a good way to kind of get introduced after missing week one hearing him talk about you know that there's a lot of letdown spots in the PLL there is I think that's the one thing that's different about this league than other leagues is you get a lot of letdown spots like how he's talking about people love to overreact like I mean especially me like I think the Redwoods are going to go undefeated now after beating the Atlas but they probably lose by a thousand next game so I thought it'd be interesting for you to just be able to kind of hear him talk about it and kind of get his takes before you know you start getting guys come on the stream and pitching it before the weekend before you even got to like see any game so who's the uh fuck I had um how often do teams get shut out at all ever never never no, it's four quarters, 12 minutes a quarter. You'll never see a Bobrovsky cracked out masterclass? No. You'll see masterclasses where they'll hold a team to like five, four goals, but you won't see a shutout. Like what's the average score usually? So that the, the over normally sits around 23, 24 and a half. So you're looking at like 12, 11 games, 12, 13 point games, 12, 15 point games. I mean, a lot of one game, the Water Dogs game was seven to eight. So you get some low scoring games. So um, like a, a 23 and a half is like an eight and a half on the, on the diamond? Yes. Okay. It's literally I would equate the it is the it's just the same lines as baseball. You normally get the same exact over unders. The money lines are a little bit like can be a little bit juiced, might be a little bit more even, and it's always one and a halfs. And except you know we saw this weekend there was two two and a halfs, which I thought was odd, but there's normally always just one and a half. So it's very much when you're looking at the lines like you're looking at a baseball um, slate. They have like alt lines and shit too. Not yet. Not yet. So that's the thing. It's very early. They only really have player props and lines that you get. Okay. But there will be discrepancies between books where you'll get like like Atlas was one and a half on a certain book, but two and a half on the on another. Book. And there's ten games in the season. Yeah. And they're only on the weekends. Yeah, eight eight teams. Okay. Games. No, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. No, it's a good time. I'm excited to nuke some PP entries. I'm ex- I'm excited for you to get involved. With the players, because I think it's going to be hysterical watching you bitch on the timeline about <laughs> lacrosse props. Like, I think that's going to be the funniest, like, bit. <laughs> no, I'm excited for that, too. <laughs> um, all right. Well, you know, we're, we're definitely going a little long here, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about what happened on, uh, on Monday. I couldn't have been um, more wrong about the Panthers if I tried. I don't think you're the only one. I think we're all shocked after game two in Vegas last night. Uh, that place was rocking, dude. I wish I was there for game two. But I, again, had no faith in the Knights going into game two like I did game one. I mean, obviously, I bet on them game one. But I really, truly, if you want to ask me with a gun in my head who I thought was going to win game one, I would have said Panthers to save my life, even though I had money on VGK. Um, and then going into game two... I really thought the Panthers would bounce back and get one on the road, but they just, I don't know, is, are the Panthers frauds or is VGK really like that? That's the question that needs so, to be answered. <laughs> so unfortunately, um, I was only watching, but I watched it, the VGK game on a laptop because I was sweating profusely the game of the year, the best game of the year. Pirates A's. Yeah, which was the worst game. There was 20 walks. 20 walks, dude. I have... Jesus. Mid-jewel rip. Uh, I had McCutcheon over fantasy score. He covered it with four walks. Yeah, dude. And I fucking took Castro. And we only got walks. Dude. That's crazy, man. And he struck out like it was his job. But, I mean, dude, it was actually incredible. I will... We'll, t- we'll talk about the A's game after this. But I, do, I want to talk about the VGK game a little bit. Because that A's game was a trip, dude. It was the first full game of baseball that I've watched... From first pitch to last pitch. Yeah, we were watching. Not on, being at a stadium. We were watching on stream with you uh, because Chelly really needed Pirates. And we thought he needed the money line the entire time. And so we were so hyped for him. And then he tells us at the end that he took the one, the run line. Why? I never said to take the I run know, line. Dude, I know. He's such a rat like he's that. such a little <laughs> rat fucker chuck. Um, but so I was watching like here and there. Obviously, it started to get away from the Panthers. So I was kind of like, shit. I don't even know. I really thought the aggression at the end of game one was a, a good sign. But the aggression in game two seemed like the kid on the playground that's stamping his feet because he's not getting his way. 
it didn't it felt misplaced it didn't feel like a let's fire the team up it felt like a we're losing so i'm going to take anger out exactly not like a let's get fired up and try to come back which i think was frustrating for me to watch because i hate that kind of shit like if you're losing and you're losing because of you like they lost because of them it wasn't like they lost because some other extra like the VGK just has them in a chokehold right now i think Bobrovsky is kind of Exposed. Coming down a little bit. Back to earth. We thought he was the GOAT, and I, I got so many DMs saying this was the Bob of the regular season. It, yeah. Which is like, it was. I mean, This is why you take the over in every Panthers game, because they, they put puck on that like any other team. But the goaltending wasn't something that was a standout, you know, all season long. And then Bob gets cracked out for three series in a row. And then they get to VGK, and now he's looking like he's back down to earth. If I'm a Panthers fan, I'm really worried. If I'm, if I'm a VGK fan, I'm cautiously optimistic because you never know what's going to happen when you go into Florida. I don't think the and series, you might have just lost Jack Eichel. Yeah, I don't think the series is over by any means. It's 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 hockey. We've seen this shit so often, and it's the Panthers who have grittied their way. Not like actually grittied, gritty, but like they it's been a their grit. Way to the cup. <laughs> Can you imagine just the graphic of Rat fucking Chuck just grittying on his way to the cup? They've they've had so much grit on their way to the Stanley Cup and fighting past, you know, top seeds in the East. Uh, but it's just crazy to see how they've gotten this far just to be down 2-0 in kind of embarrassing fashion in the Stanley Cup. But I'm not counting them out yet. You know, they still got to go back to Florida, and I think – the, the change of pace will be different once they get there. But big point for Kachuk last night uh, in my goat whale because I'm sweating his points. Had no idea that the Panthers even scored at the end there and it just so happened to be a Kachuk point, which was so big. Uh, but I don't know, dude. They're, they're fucking – they're losing it. The hit on Jack Eichel was clean. I, think, I thought it was clean It too. looked dirty from an outside perspective watching it, but by the rule of the book, same thing that happened to Timo Meyer, that was a clean hit. I don't think he should have been in the box for as long as he's in the box. I don't even think he should have been in the box at all. Um, but it almost felt like I've got a bunch of uncles that diehard hockey fans. That play felt like a mid-90s Stanley Cup hockey play where you just go... I'm going to really try to take your best player out of the fucking series because I want this more than you guys want this, like, in quotes, right? Yep. It felt like a play you'd see in the mid-'90s where the Panthers, after taking Jack Eichel out of the game, come back and make this a series. You know what I mean? Because that was a fun... Kachuk knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing once he dialed in on Jack Eichel. Exactly what he was doing. He picked Jack Eichel for a reason, and he fucking buried him. Murdered him, bro. Like, like buried him, <laughs> and that's rat fuck Chuck for you. The worst square, <laughs> the worst square in the history of the Stanley Cup <laughs> has to be Kachuk over time on ice. That dude can't stay out of the goddamn penalty box to save his life. Sword under. <laughs> so, what was your reaction though watching that game? Like, let's say, put yourself in the in the shoes of a VGK fan. Dude, I'm shocked. As a VGK fan, as a Panthers fan, whoever you're you're watching this game, you're just like, what's going on? Like, I thought for sure Panthers were going to come back uh, game two, fired up, ready to go, ready to tie the series up. And it got out of hand in the first period, and they never looked back. At what point do you raise the alarm? If you lose game three, if you're a Panthers fan? If you, if you give up a goal... If you give up the first VGK goal in your home ice, bro, you throw in the fucking morning alarms. Like already, already, already. You cannot fall behind in game to game three at home, down two nothing in the series. Mm. But I mean, right now, if I'm a Panthers fan, I'm I'm worried about Bobrovsky for sure. I mean, he looks nothing like himself. Dude, he looked like a shell. I mean, they, I've never, I haven't seen Bobrovsky pulled from a game in all playoffs. I think. That's and I got first... guys in my comments bitching about his over saves, and some guy was like, "Yo, I don't even know if you guys are watching, but he's not fucking. He's playing not playing anymore, yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. Speaking about over saves, bro, the whole fucking community got absolutely burned last night on on Aiden Hill over saves. They stat correct, dude. The, the fishiest shit was going on. He ended up with twenty nine. Everyone needed thirty. Wow. They stat corrected like four SOGs with four minutes left, 
and they four. they kept ripping they kept ripping they would take him away and so he was like at 30 then back down to 29 then back to 30 again then back down to, dude it was no way it was so fucked up so fucked up what Everyone were the was, stack crushes block shots missed not on target. wide fucking yeah dude and like clearly hits off his fucking shin guard or whatever like it it, it was so fishy bro mm. so fishy and four of them Dude, it happened four times. I feel yeah. like that's rare, too. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. And like it just so happens to be right at the number <laughs> that everyone needs. Like, what? Vegas is like, oh. Yep. It's like the guy with the dollar in those old commercials. <laughs> it's quicker like, than that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be quicker than that. Literally, dude. I mean, everyone was bitching about it. And it was a very, very... Dude, because it was in the Super Goats. Mm-hmm. And there was a point in the night where I needed Hill Saves and Tatis to hit the super goats and still betting on the Padres. I know dude Tatis Snell legacies though. That was legacy. I legacy. saw that tweet. I saw that tweet. Uh but yeah dude some fishy shit going on with some of these props, man. We're looking into it. We're looking into it. <laughs> I mean it's just it's something new every night. It, like reinventing ways. It's all at the end of the day we're just reinventing ways to donate. I mean Yeah, I mean that's what it is, right? <laughs> um I had a so I did something crazy. I woke up yesterday. There's playoff hockey on, but I really just this series. It's interesting to me, but I'm not enjoying it for some reason. I don't know why. Which one? The Panthers one. Yeah. And I was like, I really want to bet on some baseball. I'm just gonna bet on the ugliest game before I even looked at today. I literally woke up and I was like, I'm gonna bet on the ugliest game of baseball today, and I'm gonna watch the full thing. And I started scrolling. And I was like, Yep. A's Pirates. There it is. There. Like I was literally like. There it is. <laughs> I watched two and a half, almost three hour. It was over three and a half hour game. What? Of It started at 6.05 and I went to a bar at 9.45. So many walks. So many walks. Yeah. Of A's Pirates. And it was the most boring and the worst sporting event I've ever watched in my entire life. It was electric because we covered, we got the win. But it was, but I'm addicted to it now. Bad baseball, I think, is more fun than good baseball because it's just so dumb. Facts. Like, yeah, I got infield errors. I got double steals. Like, there was just, like, crazy-ass shit happening that I don't think you would get in, like, an Astros-Yankee series. You're right, honestly. You're very right. Yeah. I love sloppy, just like dude, fucking. It was gross, dude. The fucking A's are have like three pitchers in one inning. Like all they're doing is throwing balls. Like no one's swinging bats, dude. Like not a single home run. Like it was the ugliest game of baseball. <laughs> you had it all. I've ever seen, yeah, dude. That's crazy. But we stayed the whole time. We stayed true to it. It was it was crazy, dude. I love that. I love that. It was I love to see dude. you embracing and being happy about betting on baseball. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm going to bet this entire series. You're going to bet this entire series? Every game. <laughs> What's the play today? The Pirates minus one and a half. Okay. So on Wednesday, if you're seeing this, the Pirates probably lost by a million. And I want to take the Pirates team total over. My reason, in four out of the five, first five innings, the Pirates had runners in scoring position. By the way, I know nothing about baseball. Like I'm really starting to like try to learn the nuances of the sport because I know nothing about it. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. Last night, I was like, what does RASP mean? Runners in scoring position. That's why I just said it. <laughs> but they've, out of the five, first five innings, the Pirates had, out of the four or five innings, they had runners in scoring position. And I was talking to my buddy, and he was like, we should just, t- like, you should take the live money line because they're going to score. Yeah. Like, four to five innings have runners in scoring position, not bring them home. Like, they're going to score. And it's the fucking Oakland A's. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, all right, fine. But the Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen isn't any better. No, it's not. It's we had not. a guy that was from AAA pitch last night. He was like his first start. And he like somehow got out of a crazy jam. The bases were like loaded or whatever. But um, So I ended up taking the live money line. So I had Pirates money line, live money line, like the over. And like everything came together at once. It was crazy. But um, baseball sucks. <laughs> what a way to wrap up that story. It just sucks, man. Like it just, just sucks. Like... Betting player props sucks. Like they get three chances to be great, maybe four if it's a long game. Like it's just not. I'm just. I don't love it. But I'm. I'm in on this series. I'm like all in on this series. <laughs> Your boy Rodolfo. Yeah, dude. And I didn't even. You know, it's crazy. I, I like to do like research, but um, I'll be honest with you. I got one DM that said this guy rakes off of lefties, and that's the only reason why I took him. I didn't even look into it. 
He's a fucking backup shortstop. Like, I didn't even know he wasn't the starter, dude. Like, this is the, this, and I'm not even ashamed of that, because why the fuck would I know the starting lineups of the Pirates and the A's? I mean, granted, if the pitchers could throw strikes, Castro probably gets his prop, because he had no business being on prize picks, and when prize picks puts up guys you've never heard before, they want you to take their unders, because you're like, this bozo ain't getting two hits, <laughs> and... Let me tell you, they get their hits because I do the same shit and it never goes well. He was swinging. Yeah. No. But he didn't walk. He like struck oh, out. He didn't walk. No, oh, dude. shit. He was one of the guys that didn't walk. Damn. He was letting it fly, though. Like he had one hit. I thought it was going to be a fucking double. It ended up being like a shallow single. And of course, there's no one on base. So he couldn't bring in a um, an RBI and he didn't cross the plate. Um, but, dude, I think I found one of my favorite players in the MLB. Ew. His name is Bay. Oh, on the pie. Dude, last night in this game, it was on the mound was Love Lady going up against Bay. Going up against Bay. Dude, every time Bay came on the screen, I go, that's my Bay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Love Lady sends Bay down on strikes. <laughs> but he also had a crazy ass catch. I don't know if you saw the Yeah, Bay's I did. Catch. I did. Like, absolutely snagged one. Um, no, but I'm all in. I'm all in on this series. Did you see that uh, I bet on a dude on the Brewers to get over half a base 30 minutes before he gets sent to the AAA? That was insane. <laughs> and of course, what I paired it with, McClanahan walks. Smacked. First two batters, get, like, can't make it up. Smacked. It's just dude. all, like, something new every fucking day. It was a smack pack. Yeah. Um, speaking of something new every day, did you see that Apple released their goggles that you can buy for a like, steal? Like four racks. At $3,500. nuts, bro. Here's my thing. A couple things crossed my mind when you can have Apple goggles. One, if you're on FaceTime, what do they see? Because if you're on FaceTime with your girl and you got fucking goggles on, <laughs> like that just looks so fucking yeah, What do they see in a... Second, someone's going to get caught in the virtual porn world quick. Quick. Like quick. Like dude. first week, no They're doubt. They're fire up Safari first day, dude. Yeah. Someone's going to get caught on in those goggles. At the airport or some shit. Yeah, dude. On the plane, you can like block everything out. Dude, there's just gonna be some guy fucking rock hard on an airport, like thinking he's like not in a plane anymore because you can like set the boundaries of sight to be like something totally different. Um, third, I just don't understand the usability. I don't either. Why would I want to have look like a fucking bot? Eye messaging. This looks like Wally, with goggles bro. Goggles on, but like, why would I need it for iMessage and photos and like, like if it, it doesn't seem video game centric. So why the fuck would I want to do iMessage like I'm in Star Wars? I don't know. I have no idea. It's like, all right, honey, hold on. Let me put my goggles on and I can call you back real quick. <laughs> yeah, like what? Hold on, boys. I'm gonna get hit you back. Let me put my goggles on. Like, <laughs> and then in the the in the ad, the guy is like drawing. But playing soccer with his... It was just so fun. Like, I just don't understand. Like, he's got three screens. But, like, you gotta be, like... Mo like, I just... There's no... If I pay 3500 I tweeted it. Like, this thing better give me, like, access. <laughs> like, imagine looking at the book and, like, your shit. Like, it better be, like, better this start, is hitting. <laughs> it better start just making my lays for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, like, what? You gotta open FanDuel, like, with the VR... I just don't <laughs> Talk get about it. the lab, man. That's how you get in the <laughs> fucking lab. That's how you get in the lab, bro. You get yourself some Apple goggles. You're Oppenheimer, dude. You're in the fucking lab. <laughs> you sit in the recliner, bro, and you're crafting up a winner. Dude, that might be the answer. <laughs> Thought of me walking in your room. You in a recliner like, with the goggles on. Just hold on, hold on. I gotta just, lock this in before it gets bumped. Just... <laughs> Looking at the other book over here, you got three books open and just prize line, books. line shopping. Like, <laughs> Trent, what are you doing, man? Hold on, come cooking. <laughs> Dude, that is absurd. They got Blake Snell at minus one thirty over here, but he's minus one forty over here. And prize picks has him at six and a half k's. <laughs> Fanduel's got him at four. Dude, I'm actually dead. Maybe that's actually cracked out. You could line shop, babe. You've had your goggles on for four hours. Don't you think it's time to take them off? <laughs> Babe, it says your screen time in the goggles for Vandal and Prize Picks is at 24 hours a day. How is that possible? We haven't had sex in three weeks <laughs> since the stupid goggles have come. 
<laughs> Babe, I'm stark naked. Take the goggles off. <laughs> the A's aren't covering your plus one and a half. Take the goggles off and get in here. I don't care what goggles you have, bro. The A's will never be a good bet. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, I'm tired of people trying to get me to bet on the A's, man. Holy fuck. We might have to buy a pair of these goggles. I, do, I want one so bad. <laughs> do you actually? <laughs> Just to, like, try it like, out. Would you buy one? I would never buy them. Not that much coin. No. Yeah, dude. Fucking, we're donating on yeah, prize yeah. nightly. Dude, I, don't have, I don't have fucking goggle coin like that. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I don't have four racks. Can we start referring to that now? We're trying to build goggle coin. <laughs> I mean, guys, this is the goggle coin pack, dude. I'm trying to buy a fucking Apple fucking VR set. <laughs> uh, I just don't get it, dude. Like, I don't get why technology's transition is trying to be goggles. It's like little VR, like Wally, like you know where they're fuck. Yeah, where they're just in the yeah, dude. The they, they never leave their little recliner. Thing. <laughs> they just got the the soda thing that yeah. pops up, dude. <laughs> um, holy shit, I'm dead. Um, yeah, I mean, we got some, we got the heat coming up. Uh, next episode, we'll talk about how that game goes. That game's on Wednesday. Um, I'm gonna take the heat all series. I'm going to take the Panthers in the Heat all series. I have futures on them. I'm not going to try to hedge my bets and make money on the Nuggets covering or the Knights money line. I'm, I'm just going to stay true to myself. I'll eat it on Twitter if they lose every game, but I'm going to be taking the Heat and the Panthers every game. So, Respect. That's my plan. Yeah, I'm probably taking the Nuggies and in, in the Knights. Not shocked. Nuggies and Knights. Not shocked that we're on opposite sides. Um, all right, well, I mean, that's been another episode live from the Dojo. Trent, you know what to do. Follow me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram at Book It With Trent. And follow the Twitch channel at Book It Sports. Tune into the Surgical Stream every weekday, 1 p.m. Central. You can find me everywhere on Mikey Over. Other than Instagram, it's Michael.J.Overs. We'll be seeing. Be seeing.